Welcome, everyone. It is the 20, what is it, Sean? The 23rd of November. 24th. Are you sure? That's what my computer says. Yes, it's the 24th. <laughs> Yesterday was the 20th. <laughs> it is the 24th of November, 2018. And here are the headlines of the day. Seasons beatings. Black Friday brawls. Retail chaos around the world. 28% still in debt from last year's Christmas. Government global warming report warns of worsening disasters. Beijing to judge every resident based on behavior by the end of 2020. Enough. Enough. Today, on the week that was, we are going to step back from the chaos, from the madness, from the traffic, from all that is going on in the world. And we are going to focus on one thing, the Ohio State-Michigan game. State playoffs, Maslin's impressive victory over Winton Woods, and I'm going to be joined in studio by my teammates on the broadcast last night, who have to get up early as I did after getting home from Columbus, Denny Kincaid and Dan Belford. We're also going to have a live interview with Jim Trussell. You do not want to miss this. Currently president of Youngstown State University. Keith Byers, who uh, was runner-up to Doug Flutie in the Heisman Trophy balloting. Wayne Stanley, who was my teammate at Iowa State, and then running backs coach at Ohio State University under Earl Bruce. All to talk about their experiences in this game. We've also got the docile tones of Jim Michaels in the news to soothe you. And Sean Gilbert is here bringing you the sports and producing the show. So let's just take it down a notch. Forget the traffic, the Black Friday specials, the season's beatings. What's going on in the world? And let's just have some fun. We will continue with the week that was right after this. Stay tuned. Sit back and enjoy the week that was with Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. All right. 
question for you, Sean. I have it somewhere in here. What's the difference between a University of Michigan fan and a carp? I don't know. One is a bottom-feeding scum sucker, and the other is a fish. (laughs) Uh, We'll give you those as we go along. It is contest time. What I'm going to do, this is Ohio State trivia, by the way. Ohio State-Michigan trivia. But it's really geared towards Ohio State. Here are your three answers. Later on in the show, I'm going to give you the questions. And if you get them right, you will win. I don't know what you're going to win. I've got it here somewhere, but I don't have it with me. I think it's a nutcracker. Oh, it is. One pair of tickets to see the nutcracker performed by the Canton Ballet December 7th, 8th, or 9th at the Canton Palace Theater. This is great. One pair of tickets to the Nutcracker. I, You know what? I have never seen the Nutcracker. I mean, I've seen one in my grandparents' house. But I've, I've never seen the Nutcracker. Have you ever seen the Nutcracker? I have not. My daughters, it was always a thing with their mom. They would always do it with mom and grandma and aunts. Really? On that side, it was a tradition on that family. So they got to see it. I think they go every year. So. Is it ballet? Yes. I, I, I don't, you know, I, I bet it's probably neat. I've, it's never been on my bucket list to see them, and I've never seen it. Am I supposed to? Is this something we're supposed to do? Do, do you have a daughter? No. Oh, then no. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's not really a son, right. son, father, father, son thing, but. No, I didn't think so. I'd rather go to a boxing match. Take my son to a boxing it, match. Exactly. Yeah, isn't that sad? No. I should want to go to see the Nutcracker, I guess. But anyway, you get a pair of tickets to see the Nutcracker performed by the Canton Ballet. Here are your answers for today. Later on, I'm going to give you questions. If you match them up, you will win the pair of tickets to the Nutcracker. What a great gift you could give if you don't want to go yourself. If you're a guy and uh, you don't want to see the Nutcracker, you could give it to someone. Here are the answers. Number one, Mike Tomzak. Mike Tomzak. Mike Tomzak. Number two, Keith Byers, a guest on the show today. Keith Byers. Number three, 1978. 1978. So Mike Tomzak, Keith Byers, and 1978. Those are your answers. Later on in the show, you don't know when. I will give you the questions, and if you can match them up, you will win the Nutcracker. I, Sean, I was looking at some things this week, and I was looking at the greatest signs of this year's football season. You know, that fans have in the stands? Oh, like they do on game day? Yeah. 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 One was, this was from the, Ohio, or from the Michigan-Notre Dame game this year. A guy was holding up a sign saying, Rudy was offsides. <laughs> Isn't that a great that's, one? That's awesome. <laughs> Rudy was offsides. 
That is a classic. Now, this is from this was held up, I think, at uh, West Virginia. This is West Virginia when they were in the Big East Conference, and the ACC came in and nabbed Louisville, Syracuse, and Pittsburgh out of the Big East, and the fans were upset. And one guy held up a sign say, saying, ACC stole my other sign. <laughs> these, are, these were classic signs. I, I, think, I still think Rudy was offsides was my favorite. That was, that was my favorite. I don't know how many more. It, it was close. If there was replay, there might have been. I know. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> Rudy was offsides. I tried to get him on the show one time. J- <laughs> I don't understand this one. Someone wrote, Jim Harbaugh likes the word moist. And I don't have no idea what that means. There the, must be a hidden joke behind it. The running that. joke is moist is a terrible word. It's just a terrible word to say and hear. You, everybody, you hear moist and you just cringe. I don't like it either. And, That's right. so true. And so Jim Harbaugh likes the word moist because he's a horrible <laughs> person, right? That's the joke of the, the song. Uh, this, was at, this was an LSU game, and this is... Uh, you know, I've been to LSU. I, I've I've coached. I played at LSU. Played a game at LSU when I played, and I coached a game at LSU, and is absolutely the worst place in the world to go. Really, and be an opposing fan, opposing team. Literally, I got to tell you this. Literally. There are lines of people a mile from the stadium lining the roads as you drive up in your buses as your opposing team, swearing at you the foulest language I've ever heard. Wow. Not not ever, but foulest language. People giving you the finger, people pulling their pants down, showing you your their butts, beating on the bus. All the way for a mile down this road going to the stadium. Then you get out of the bus, and there was like a 16... People are screaming at you. There's a 16-year-old kid, looked like a young kid, 15, 16 years old, standing there swearing at us, saying, we're going to blank you up. And I said to him, where is your mom? You know, and and we walked in the stadium... We get dressed, we go out to warm up, people are still screaming obscenities at us, we go back in the locker room, we come out of the locker room, and they had parked the darn Bengal tiger right in front of the door. (laughs) And I remember, I was coaching at the University of Akron, and I remember turning around and saying to somebody, does anybody have a gun? Let's really blank, let's really... P.O. these people. Wow. Let's get them really angry at us. I'm going to shoot the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> so and and so, it's terrible. But this sign is typical. Here's an LSU fan holding up a sign this year. Said, "I skipped my court date for this." <laughs> <laughs> it is the worst place in the world. Another one said, "The last time." 
Tennessee beat Florida. I still had friends. This was on some kind of thing. And then they had, remember when Cam, uh, not Cam Newton, Jameis Winston got arrested for crab legs? Yeah, we said was it crab legs or lobster, <laughs> one of the two. Lobster or something. And, and so this year, I don't know why someone was holding up a sign with Jameis Winston holding up a bunch of... Instead of holding up like a trophy, they substituted it with crab legs. <laughs> and he's holding a bunch of them. He's holding it up like a trophy. His face is off. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Well, Dan Belford and Denny Kincaid are going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Also, coming up at 8.30, we are going to hear live. We're going to talk to Jim Trussell. Jim Trussell... Former coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes, now president of Youngstown State University, to give you know Jim Jim Trussell was an assistant coach under Earl Bruce. He then went to Youngstown State. Obviously, won four national championships at at Youngstown State. Uh, came to Ohio State, won a national championship there. Had a great record. Uh, great person. Great man. And uh, now president. How many coaches go from coaching to president yeah. of a university? Only Jim Trussell could. Yeah, exactly. I think he's the only one I know of. Yeah, <laughs> he's the only one that can do it and and doing it well. And we're going to talk live with Jim Trussell about his experiences, his experiences, his rem- reminiscing about what it was like being under Earl as an assistant coach for this game. And then what it's like now, what it was like now to be a head coach when he did it, and talk a little bit about the game today. Jim Trussell, coming up live at eight thirty. Stay tuned. The week that was will continue. It is forty three degrees outside. It's balmy, and what? But balmy. Yeah. Stay tuned. You better believe it. It's the week that was with Joe Palmisano on News Talk fourteen eighty WHBC. What song is that? Uh, isn't that the sand? No, the lake fight song, North Canton fight song. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's every high school in Star County's fight song, <laughs> except for Sandy Valley. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, they, they all play. It. I can't hear anything in my headset, by the way. Why? I I don't know. I just have my headset on. How's it now? Nothing. Nothing. These Nothing. headset. He said, uh, even though we're in the palatial studios of WHBC on the 110th floor and they put all the money into the studio, the headsets are just nasty. That (laughs) one's bad. I just heard him. I just heard him. Yeah, yeah, you you can't plug them in all the way. You have to kind of leave them hanging out, so don't pull them or you'll disconnect them. So they took fresh paint out of the budget, I can see. When well, you look around the room. Well, that's you know, but but that's just behind. And then the the uh, we got to pay our announcers for high school football. So, <laughs> <laughs> by oh. the way, by the way, that is the the uh, oh man the uh, yeah. What are we? Uh, uh, I don't know. The the, the uh, I'm trying to think of a good word for you, Dan, because that your voice and everything that oh, and oh. I already used docile tones for Jim Michaels <laughs> so I can't give you docile tones okay, so I'm I'm won't, some, I, won't, I won't try to claim it either, but that, so. but that is the play-by-play voice of WHBC does such an unbelievable job of Thanks, of uh, calling games football basketball anything you ask bocce 
Bocce, Moda. My favorite, yeah. Moda. I'm the only one who did Moda Live. Yes, Moda Live. <laughs> the first yeah. one. To, and then this Denny, isn't anything I would broadcast to the public, but so, go right ahead. No, I don't care. Okay. Dan, I know, I can that's, tell. That's Dan Belford. And you have disregard to the speed limit coming home, too. We also are joined by uh, our statistician and so much more. Oh, yes. Uh, Denny Kincaid. What are you breaking? Welcome, Denny. Welcome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. Yes, You're welcome. Absolutely. Thank you for being here after that. Uh, evening of frolicking and Maslin winning and, and everything. I got home, I told you I got home at 12.15. Yeah, we got home at 1. <laughs> we yeah, got one, about 1 o'clock. Huh? I okay. killed it. I don't want to tell people. I, I will tell people. We I, killed 20 minutes at a drive-thru at Burger King and we're just about ready to leave. So, I uh, We're trying to get a hold of Jim Trussell. And, oh, and, okay. you know, but he is the... He is also the president of Youngstown State University, and, and he I told him I was calling at 8.30. Um, he said he had to be somewhere at 9, but he is, uh, you never know with somebody in that position what mm. they get called to. You better believe it. What yeah. happens. So if he doesn't, let, let's, um, let's go back to last night. Yeah. Shocked? Surprised? Pleasantly? Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if I was surprised. I was shocked at the way they, the the Maslin came out of the gates, the way the game started, because I thought it had us all back in our heels, saying, "What are we looking at here? What what are they trying to, you know, determine in the early going against Winton Woods, which wasn't coming up with anything? To be quite honest, it was zeros. I mean, it was, right. and um, I I think I had faith that they would go back to running the football, which they eventually did, but. I thought, you know, the the shortest, you know, A to B, you take the straightest line. They seem to take the longest destination to get there, to get going. But once they got going, I didn't feel Winton Woods was as dynamic as last year where they could just flip the switch defensively and turn the tide of that game. And so that's where I felt Maslin was at least in the driver's seat to a point that they could become their own worst enemy if they didn't continue doing what they did. And they and they did through the remaining quarters, and we saw that they started to mix things up. You know, they hit big plays. They were methodical and disciplined, and, and they started pitching some lights out defense too. Yeah. And that and that was the key. Yeah, Denny. You- yeah, no, I you know I agree. I'm not I'm not surprised. Um, you know, I, I think the fact that they stopped Winton Woods' running game. You know, that that running back for Winton Woods averages you know 11 yards per carry. And they cut him down to, you know, just a little over 4.2. So, you know, that part surprised me. Now, you know, we talk about the first seven plays of the game for Maslin took a minute and 15 seconds total. Oh, wow. You know, and and Winton Woods had, you know, a four-minute drive of 13 plays to, to get a field goal. So, you know, I think defensively is what surprised me the most about when or the Maslin Tigers offensively, I thought they'd be able to score. I thought that Aiden Longwell would be able to complete some passes. The wide receivers are excellent. They run great crossing routes, and you know Longwell hits those guys usually on on mark all the time. He had a rough first quarter, but from that point on, played great. Yeah, that's what I was uh, more impressed with is how he turned the page. Um, I'm I'm impressed with a couple things. First of all, the coaching staff of Maslin and how they adjust. Um, 
if you remember the first drive that Wynton Woods had, they were getting outside like crazy. And they were gashing them for big yardage on yeah, the outside. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they solved that. Took away the outside. Coached it up, so to speak. And, and, and then offensively, they, they made some adjustments that, that they needed to make. They saw things that they needed to see and, and realized that maybe they couldn't take the top off of the defense but they started hitting the underneath routes. Yeah. And yeah. Aiden Longwell did a great job of, of passing guys open and hitting them when, in full stride yeah. where they could get big yardage afterwards. Uh, I, uh, I was most impressed with the one touchdown that they had where Maslin lined up on the line of scrimmage to, to run a play. An adjustment came from the press box and the sidelines out to the field. Yeah, They immediately shifted... I don't know if it was Jameer Thomas or I Zion think that was Piper. The, I, I think was it was a Piper run. Okay. Yeah. You had mentioned it on the air, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and they adjusted, and boom, ran a dive right up the middle, right off tackle, and went untouched into the end zone. And it was just an adjustment from the sidelines that they saw. And so I, I was impressed with and and I was also impressed with the fact that they lined up, Witten Woods lined up in a formation one time, and Maslin called a timeout because they knew the wheel route was coming. And so, obviously, they had prepared enough that they were there for their kids yeah. to not allow them to get in a situation that was going to hurt them. And the very next play, by the way, led to an interception. Right. So, I, I'm just really impressed with the, with the coaches, with the, how the players react to them. How the players make it make those adjustments on the field because obviously the coaches seeing the adjustments, but the players have to carry those adjustments out and they and they do to perfection. They do. And, they really. I, I love them when Winton Woods got it to six, and you would think they were going to maybe get over the hump with a little momentum, and they made those adjustments, and next thing you know, those kids go out and execute. Yeah, and they and, score again. They, they, they score again yeah. and just kind of uh, calm things. Right there. A, 13 play drive seven yeah. over seven minutes yeah, yeah. And i that, mean and they got the two-point conversion after right. that too they put it back to 14 points and basically squashed the entire momentum Whitten woods is a team that um that likes to be like a snowball going down a hill if, if you keep letting them it turns into a big old boulder coming yes. down or a big old you know yeah. avalanche and that's how they've been playing, and that's how they played last year. You know, they got once they got Maslin rocked on their heels last year, they just kept going, and they feed on yeah, that. Yeah. But if you squash it, which Maslin did, their heart goes away. Well, last week, who was it they played last week? Uh, Wadsworth. And they, no, 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 Winton Woods. Oh, um, Cincinnati Anderson. So first play of the game, they fumbled. Mayan Williams and the other team scores, Anderson. Then they roll off 28 in a row. Yeah. Then Anderson scores, and they roll off 14 in a row. And that's how the whole game went, and they just took the life right out of them yeah. in that game. You know, there were two two series that really impressed me. The, the start that second half, you know, because they had yeah. scored to take the lead going into the, the halftime with the pick six. And then they come out two plays and score. I mean, right there, Winton Woods had to think, oh, this is a ball game. We're not going to just good a couple of big plays and well this isn't a team we this played back last over. year no it's not, not the team we played last year some of the same kids but much more mature and as the quote i saw a better a more seasoned team coming into this into that win once game yeah and they are but yeah. but i i i think there was 
And it becomes more of being more resilient and expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They they expect to win this year versus wanting to win. Right. And so when you expect to win, the setbacks like the screen pass that goes 73 <laughs> yards uh, doesn't really kind of just rolls off your back like duck like water off a duck. Mm-hmm. You know, so it kind of rolled off. Huh. You know, all right, they scored. They're within six now. Uh, we'll just go down and score again. And that's what happens when you expect to win. This is a good football team. And, uh, you know, now we've got Hoban. And Hoban is likely the the best team in the state of Ohio in all divisions. Oh, I I agree. I, I think they are. Most that's, That seems to resonate with most people who talk to who have seen Hoban early or middle of the season or later in the season, they just think, yeah, any division. Oops, sorry, Dan. This is the team. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see this game. I mean, they, I really am. They took it to Ignatius the first week of the season. Um, they've beaten everybody soundly. And, you know, Masson's got to play. They can't, they, they can't do the penalty thing. No, you can't have nine uh, no. penalties for 115 they, yards. They can't have uh, turnovers. They they need to play soundly in this in this football game. Can are they good enough? Yes, I think they are. Are they well coached enough? Yeah, I mean Tim Terrell does a great job of coaching Hoban and his staff. They do a phenomenal job. They find your weaknesses. They know exactly where to go. Masson's the same way. And so this could be a very, very good football game. It's a matchup we kind of been pointing to all year. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's yeah. been predicting this, <laughs> so everyone yeah. got what they wanted. Yeah, you get playoffs, and you're like, you know, one game at a time. But boy, you're looking over that fence, and you know who's on the other side of it. And I think Hoban's looking over the fence too. And this could be, I, I'm, the crowd. I'm just anticipating the crowd. I mean, people who don't follow either team will come to this game. Oh yeah, to watch this yeah. game. It's going to be that kind of a draw. And probably the feature game of the whole playoffs, I think, really is. I do too. I, I think it's it's the it's the premier matchup out of all of them, and and so it's going to be Thursday all by itself. Yep. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, chips and salsa again. Can't wait. <laughs> Peanuts <laughs> and Benson. You know. Yeah. You know. I, <laughs> the good the the I'm I'm actually getting texts already from people. Oh, yeah, Akron. really? Oh, are wow. you doing the game? Are you doing the game? I don't know whether they. My brother's texting me first thing in the morning. <laughs> are you doing the game? So, uh, you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of interest in it. A lot of people are going to be listening. A lot of people are going to want to be at that game. And it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's going to be huge. I, I can't wait for it. Me neither. Can't well, wait. We're going to continue with Dan Belford, Denny Kincaid. Uh, I don't think Jim Trestle. I don't think we're going to get a hold of him. I don't know. I sent him a text. But it doesn't look like he's uh, he's around. But that's that's okay. I mean... You're the president. You're you're also the former head coach. There's probably ESPN's probably right. calling. I got out of bed. Come on. <laughs> he's probably out of bed. Oh, okay. No, Jim Dressel. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's out of bed. He's the vest on already. I know he does. But we do have an interview with Keith Byers coming up. Oh, and I, I can't know wait. he I is can't going wait. I, I can't know wait. he's going to be on because I taped it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll be on. We're going to continue with this special calming, fun week that was crank up the johan puckabell no you don't have to. <laughs> just say no okay <laughs> stay tuned we'll be right back you'll be 
excited to hear it all. It's the week that was with Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. You know, I am very excited to be able to talk with Coach Jim Trussell, uh, now the president of Youngstown State University. Um, we've got him. He's He called in. Coach, thank you so much. I hope you don't mind me still calling you Coach. No, whatever, whatever. Good morning. <laughs> hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I had a great one. I hope you did, too. Sure did. You and your family. Yep. Uh, uh, Coach, I wanted to get into, uh, I know you've got limited time, and I wanted to get right into this. You have... You know, in your past, all the recruiting, you've had four national championships at Youngstown State. You won a national championship at Ohio State. You've had so much success. And this may sound like an odd question, but how do you, how do these games stack up to your memories of the Ohio State-Michigan game? Well, you know, every, every Ohio State-Michigan game is different. Uh, and they all mean so much. You know, it, it might be for the Big Ten Championship nowadays. It's to go to the Big Ten Championship game. Um, who knows? There have been years where it was, uh, if you want it, you might go on to play for the national championship. Um, but really, the the real key, I felt, to every Ohio State-Michigan game, and really every last game against a rival uh, that I've ever been a part of, is, is it's your senior's last chance. Mm-hmm to play against their rival. They've been hearing about it, being a part of it. It's part of their DNA, and this is their last chance to make sure that, you know, it's something about your senior year. We all remember back to our senior year of high school. You remember if you beat your rival or not. I mean, you just do. That's something you remember your whole life. So to me, the fun of it is it's always at the end, and it's always your rival, and regardless of what it means, uh, it means a lot to the people involved. As a coach, when you look back at this game, how, how do you? There's a real fine line between conveying the importance of this game and the and the magnitude of this game to the players without heaping a bunch of pressure, more pressure on their backs. How did you do that and 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 allow your players to kind of play freely without being feeling like so much pressure is on it? You know, I, I think we always uh, discussed this game in the context of being at our best at the end of the year. And so it was a methodical uh, march toward uh, the end of the year, being at our best. <clears throat> Obviously, it's our rival. Obviously, it's the world-renowned Ohio State-Michigan game. Uh, but it was a methodical uh move toward that and not a, just all of a sudden it's a hype and the game's important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it was just part of of, of the entire process. And uh, obviously we knew that on when the day arrived that you got to play in that game, that it was your opportunity to see if, if the long march, if you had progressed. And uh, so we always looked at it with a lot of uh, anticipation and uh, a lot of focus on really becoming good by then. Do you use the word Michigan? Sure. Okay. I, like, I mean, I what, like, I in, like in, playing against Michigan. You know that. <laughs> I always say, without Michigan, there'd be no Ohio State. Without Ohio State, there'd be no Michigan. Uh, in terms of, that's a fact. We, we talk about that with McKinley, Maslin, everything else. Oh, that's right. But Absolutely. but a lot of coaches don't say they call it the team up north or whatever. I don't know if that was if that was something you did also when you were when you were coaching. No, no. no. I, you know I think. Uh, Woody kind of coined that phrase, 
I don't know if he didn't use the word Michigan, but he just liked to refer to them, and all of us refer to them as the team up north at times. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you weren't proud of the fact that you were in the Ohio State-Michigan game. I hear you. I, I, I want to go back. I, was, I, I played for Earl Bruce at Iowa State before Ohio State rudely stole him <laughs> and, and took him away. And you coached under Earl as an assistant coach. Uh, and he was a kind of a, a direct branch off the Woody Hayes tree. That's right. And I remember how intense Earl was. I mean, Earl was intense all the time. But, and I don't even think that word's strong enough for him. How, what was the difference between the way he approached this game and the way you approach this game? Can you, can you think about that? You know, he was the one I learned uh, how to approach the game from. I was an assistant for Earl. I could tell the three years I spent there, uh, the intensity he had toward the game, just the the uh, appreciation he had that you could be a part of a game like that. And uh, so, really, he's the guy that taught me. It doesn't mean you change your personality or you change uh, what you say or whatever. I think you have to be who you are. And, you know, there'll never be another Woody, and Earl's a branch off the tree, but Earl's a little different than Woody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, John was a little different than Earl. I was a little different than John. Urban's a little different than me. Everyone needs to be who they are. and uh, But there's no question about it. Earl Bruce was a intense guy, <laughs> most especially that week. That's why every year we were at Ohio State, on Sunday evening before the game, we would always have him kick off our Michigan week mm. because no one could get across the sense of things for that game like he could. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, this is the first year that, that I heard he's not doing that. and Yeah, probably since 2001. Yeah, and it's tough. Time. Yeah, I, I miss him, and, and I know that Ohio State misses him, especially when it comes to this day. No question. I, I, He'll uh, be watching. He'll be up there with Woody watching. I know, I know. Thank God for that. I, I uh, the football players changed over time. Now, you, you, I guess I look back and say, all right, when you were an assistant, there was one way to handle how this went, and players were treated differently, and players were a little bit different mindset when I played in the 70s. Um, and then as it went on, did you did your coaching style and your approach to this game change with the players, or did it stay the same? You know, I think there was been an evolution of of the players being more involved in things you know nowadays you have more video and the kids can learn more um you know there's more uh, decisions made at the line of scrimmage more quarterbacks making checkoffs more defenses checking versus various formations i just think the player has become more and more involved and it, it's uh maybe not as coach centric uh, as perhaps it was at one point uh you know, I, I think they just have seen so much football that, you know, they've learned so much. Their high school programs are so much further developed and so forth uh, in terms of knowledge. Now, you know, maybe not fundamentals, maybe not, you know, we croon a little bit that no one knows how to tackle anymore and, and there's no defense being played, which is, you know, you watched that Oklahoma game yesterday. That was ridiculous. I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you got to be able to tackle. I know. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, I think the information of the game has changed a lot, and I think the decision-making has gone into the to the players' hands a little bit, which is kind of fun. I always enjoyed my guys to 
they could make better decisions than me because they they were out there. Yeah. Uh, but it's changed, but it hasn't. Yeah. I I, I want to you know kind of finish up with you. I know you've got to go, and and it seems like this year, especially, the rivalry is back to a true rivalry. That that both teams come into this game, both coaches are kind of. Um, I don't want to say bigger than life personalities, but they have distinct uh, personalities that stand out and the media can play on those. Uh, the, that there's kind of a rivalry that, that is, is restoked. Am I mistaken? And how do you see, how do you see this game shaking out, Coach? You know, I, th- I think any time both teams are really good, and if you think about it, what both teams are 10-1, and one, so, I mean, both teams are really good. Uh, that just adds uh, excitement to it. Uh, throw in the the uh, well-known personalities and so forth. And that just adds a little bit of flavor. Uh, you know, there are some great players on both sides. That adds. Uh, so, you know, this game is going to be like every other Ohio State-Michigan game. Uh, you, you're going to make have to make sure that you don't uh, give them any any uh, opportunities. You can't turn it over. You've got to really be good in the special teams. When there's a play to be made, you've got to make it. Uh, and uh, but it'll it'll be a wild one. Hopefully, the weather won't be a negative, and uh, you know we can have see a great game. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a great game, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Coach, you miss it on a day like today. You know, it, it's fun to to uh, reflect back on uh, you know some Michigan games on days like this. You know, when they're playing Purdue, you reflect back on Purdue games, you know, and, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, I do, but I don't. You know, I'm so engaged in what we're doing here at Youngstown State that I always told my players to be focused on the moment. And, uh, you know, I'm always focused on what we're trying to accomplish. And uh, But it's a good, warm feeling to know that, you know what, you had a chance to be a part of, you know, the greatest game, uh, in my opinion, I suppose the Alabama-Auburn people think theirs is the greatest. But anyway, I think ours is the greatest, and, and to be, have been a part of it, it was uh, it was a blessing. Yeah, and doing great things at Youngstown State. I don't know how many head coaches go on to be president of a university, and that's a, I, I told somebody here today, only Jim Trestle could do that, could make that move. And um, and you're doing Most it. head coaches are too smart to become college coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, I thank you so much for your time. All righty. And yes, you, you have a wonderful day. And if you see a guy named Ralph Palmasano around, you tell him I said hello. I'll do that. I see him quite often. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that, Coach. All righty. Take, Take care. care. Bye-bye. Coach Jim Trestle, uh, great guy. Uh, absolutely uh, outstanding gentlemen and we're going to continue keith byers will be joining us after the news and sports along with denny kincaid dan belford jim michaels sean gilbert and more stay tuned